All right. Hey, that's um, that's Todd Rundgren, and he's such a great producer, and he and he, and he uh, engineered those little skips in there. Man, that's cool. That's got that that kind of homespun feel. Hey, it's it's Bug House Square. It's um, yeah. <laughs> it's, this is just awkward because it's like late here, and uh, yeah, it's a school night, and I'm uh, uh, but it is summer. It's not really a school night, but it is a work day. But it's late, uh, I, and I've got a... Uh, I can't make it tomorrow, so I'm, I'm recording this now. Because I just, you know, it's just something that uh, you know, I feel <laughs> I need to do. Uh, so I hope you've had a good week. It's, uh, it's, been, a, it's been a weird week. I mean, it's, it's a weird world, man. I mean, we can get into that. We can get into the nitty-gritty. Um, or not. <laughs> but it is. I don't, I don't want a nitty-gritty. I don't really right, right, right now. I don't, I'm not equipped. Not equipped to deal. Um, let's see. Let me just grab these records that we listened to, and then I think that's a good place to start. Um, that was uh, Todd Rudgren from the, uh, I don't know, the Gnome in the Garden, or <laughs> I can't remember what the name of this one is. It's uh, the, hold on, I'll, I'll, I'll grab the record. This is one where it doesn't say, it only says like on the record, at least on my copy. Maybe it came out as a, oh wait, there's a big, oh, Hermit of Mink Hollow. Okay, there's a nice uh, record cover sleeve or whatever. Yeah, Todd Rundgren. And before that was uh, George Harrison and the Beatles' uh, Old Brown Shoe. And I love that song. Uh, Iggy Pop from the uh, Lust for Life record. We did um, Lust for Life. Imagine that. Uh, from the Physical Graffiti record, we did Cashmere. Um I don't know. I love that song. <laughs> Even if it's it's super long, but it's such a good it's a good swear. Um from There's a Riot Going On, we did uh a song off that. There's no credits. Uh I'd have to get the record back out. I kinda of forget if you come along you gotta get out. Or if you come in you gotta you know. Uh Eurythmics from the Torch Touch, I'm sorry, Touch Record. <laughs> It's very dim light in here. Um, and uh, we did your regrets because, uh, you know, I have none. That's no way to live a regretful life. I don't think so. Um, yeah, but what does that mean? It just means do you admit what you... Dude, you really should be regretful. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, so I played Mexico, and um, it's just like, man, with a with a melody, you can say any kind of shit, right, and get away with it. Um, James Taylor from the Gorilla Record, Mexico. Uh, Bill Withers from the Still Bill Record, the one with all the big hits. We did the last song on the second side. Uh, I forget what it was. Uh, the Very Best of Bobby Short. I dig Bobby Short, man. Um, I uh, I got to work with Bobby back in the 90s. Uh, he was doing the uh, 
he's doing the dinner club circuit. No, but he would come uh, in Chicago. He would come and he would play at this like old line, like lounge dinner lounge <clears throat> thing, and it was uh, I don't know. It was like the but it was kind of like high class, but in a Vegasy kind of way. And uh, he would play there, and I also I. I I forget what I did. I had some kind of job with him then, but I didn't really, I wasn't involved in the sound things. But then we did another thing at the, um, uh, uh, it was for the, the Art Institute, I believe. And um, I got to do the whole sound for him. And it was, but people were like so into this dude. And he's just like that perfect uh, uh, cocktail dinner uh just a great showman he was. He was just fantastic. Uh, the Chills before that, Kaleidoscope World. Uh, best of Traffic, I played um, Paper Sun. That's, a, that's a, one of those like, psychedelic songs, I guess. Uh, before that was uh, Chet Atkins. Um, I got this, because I like Chet Atkins. I mean, he's a, he's a player, right? Chet Atkins, this dude's like a... He's like an old-time shredder. I mean, just like really could play anything. And um, I got this record. It's the most popular guitar, Chet Atkins. And it's got this, you know, girl and dressed in like sheer veils. <clears throat> holding a, uh, I'm assuming it's Chet's guitar. And looking back at the camera. Oh, yes, she is. She's looking right, right, in, right into our eyes. And uh, so we did um, uh, uh, Stay As Sweet As You Are. That was a song we did. Because it was circled. And I like the ones that the record set. <laughs> the songs are circled. It's like, this is a good one. And we opened up with uh, Tuxedo Moon, Seeding the Clouds. I think that's one of the best records I've ever uh, purchased. Um, Half Mute. Tuxedo Moon, that's a good one. Seek it out, find it, buy it, or steal it and listen to it. A little segment we do here is called Rise from the Basement because... Uh, come here, come closer. Uh, it's no lie in the basement or miles apart. No surprise, going to rise from the basement. And what it is, it's, it's home record us any style, any genre. It just has to be recorded where you live, where you sleep, where you, um, where you sleep, basically. So people send um, me links to their songs, and we listen to them. So uh, let's do this here. I'm, I have to reactivate my uh, uh, noise-making machine here, and I'll call back up. This is Kay Jizzle. This, this cat is just... Uh, never-ending um, the song's called taking action it's five days old motherfucker right five days this is fresh right hold on I'm gonna make sure I think I got that I'm touching this did someone touch it again I try my other finger sometimes that uh, okay hold on here we go Every time I'm in every test, 
Yeah, that's right. The uh, the world is a ghetto. We're all just humans, man. And, uh, you know, those other things, too. <laughs> you know, the trees and the microbes and... Uh, I hear we're just, we're just vessels for the, for the microbial things that live within us, which are more, yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, Bug House Square, that was, uh, the world is a ghetto, uh, war. Um, I know that, <laughs> that's a long ass song, man, but, uh, um, and it's not like I had to do anything, you know? I didn't have to, like, fill out my taxes or anything, you know? I just, uh, I really enjoy listening to that one. Uh, we're going back to the basement. This is Soul Eyes. To dig this. Um, hold on, I gotta, let me, uh, I think I gotta do a little better than that. Uh, we're gonna go, let's see, this is, um, Kim Jazz. K-I-M Jazz. And, uh, let's see, we'll go back to the thing and, um, the... Um, yeah, there's no real, oh, oh, there's, it's like a website, so I could go to this, like, whatever, the homepage, and it'll probably tell us all kinds of shit, but I'm on the, uh, the music page right now, so we're gonna do Soul Eyes, uh, this is Kim J, if you dig this, look for Kim J Jazz, um, uh, you know, just look for them, uh, I've got that, that, I'm touching this, I'm gonna touch it again, sometimes my fingers... Uh, you know, I've worn off the... Here we go.
Yeah, that's Elton John from the uh, Man Man Across the Water. That was the title cut off that one, Mad Man Across the Water. All right, so I've, um, you know, I'm at home, so <laughs> so I, I've tuned up a guitar, and um, I have a, you know, I don't know, it's buzzy, and it's just kind of plugged right in. Uh, I'm going to try to play a little of this one. Uh, I don't know if I can do, do it, the whole thing. The camera low. Alright, I'm sorry. One, two, one, two, and She had that camera low, Brillo. Flaming out along her head. I mean, a Mendocino Bino. Followed bugs that made it red. of these short forests in every Newton Idaho in every cricket who had chorused <clears throat> by the bush and buffalo she said she was a magic mama Throw me in tower Doorway, just 
يا عبد ما تكونش مجهول ربحك وافعال يا عبد ما تكونش مجهول ربحك وافعال باب الغناء يعود محلول باب الغنى يعود محلول والفقر وكبانك تجري
white horse in his hand. Well, late at night when the people were gone, he used to pick up my guitar. Whatever comes our way Yeah, baby, gonna make 
Bug House Square. Thanks for doing what you got to do to do. Um, I hope this all uh, works out and everything. And I want to thank contributors. And I want you to stick around if you can for uh, Claudia and the Loaf is a, a very good show. There are people who are uh, uh, live the music and uh, bring it. And also listen to Scott Flat Black Plastic on Saturdays. This is Mutiny Radio in the corner of 21st in Florida, where the beautiful mission It's always flat and sometimes sunny. <laughs> dig that, man. Just dig it.
children, the little children of the world. Cause they're our strongest hope for the future, the little bitty boys and girls. We got to make this land a better land than the world in which we live. We gotta help each man be a better man with the kindness that we give. I know we can make it. I know that we can. I know darn well. I know that we can. I know darn well we can work it 
room in here. And thanks so much for tuning in. Okay, that's much better. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. And last Friday was a bit of a rough day. And glad to be back here again. And we'll be sharing more information for you all today. <sighs> Taking a deep breath in. We are broadcasting live from Mutiny Radio. And Mutiny Radio is on the unceded homeland of the Ramaytush Ohlone people. And for more information, please go to weeklyrev.org. And on the Land Acknowledgement tab, we have a lot of resources, places to donate, uh, more like history, uh, mutual aid, maps of the lands you're living on, indigenous lands that you're living on, and what we know as the United States, as well as a thread of Native news outlets. So please, again, go to weeklyrev.org and click on the Land Acknowledgement tab. Starting off with some music, uh, remembering Rose Wong, who I only met once. Um, Rose was an activist and an artist and much more, and um, sending lots of love out to Rose's friends and family and memories of her. And this is, uh, well, post a link to this album, Highline Songs, uh, by Calliope Wong on Bandcamp. And we'll post a link to that and just, um, it's difficult to, to find the words quite often. It's really beautiful music. So I have some news stories and action items and uh, as per usual, the world is frightening and quite disturbing and uh, there are ways that folks can show up, and I a constant reminder that I'd like to share here. So last week had a lot of technical difficulties. I was quite embarrassed, and I, I cared a lot about this interview and really wanted the words to get out there and had to restart it a couple of times, and then it was cut off at the end. It was just, oh, it was one of those days. So I wanted to replay it in full today and also provide some more information on our website as well. Uh, about CART, which is the organization that Adriana and I uh, speak about. So here is uh, an interview I did a couple weeks ago with uh, Adriana Camarena, and we talk about CART as well as a few other things, and really important organization of folks, many folks who have come together to provide alternatives to calling the police, which is so needed and necessary. So this talk is maybe about 32 minutes, and then we have a little extra snippet afterwards. And after that, I will check back in, play some more music, and then we've got some more news items to share with you all. And also on our website, weeklyrev.org, I'll keep on plugging it. Uh, we have like a lot of links there. So some of the items that we mentioned in this interview, as well as uh, CART, we have a link to their page so you can find a way to get involved. Great. So uh, here we go. Thanks for joining us. If you'd please uh, like to introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure, um, and thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Adriana Camarena. Uh, I am with, I work with the family of Luis Gongora Pat, um, with our organization, Justice and Honor for Luis Gongora Pat. Uh, Luis was homeless at the time that he was murdered by two San Francisco police officers on April 7th, 2016. And um, a, a few months back, uh, 
I think it was almost a year back we started conversations about this, but uh, we joined up with a broad coalition of organizations who responded to a call from the police. It actually came from from the police commission to establish an alternative response to homelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is how I joined up with this group that has now recently put out a report, a community plan for a compassionate alternative response team to end policing of homeless populations. Yes, yeah, I was looking at the website, which folks can find at cartsf.org, and there's a there's a there's a lot there's a lot there, and it's also definitely long overdue, and really grateful for all the folks who have put it together. So I thought we could just maybe start talking about the the summary. I it looked like that folks were going around actually talking with folks who are unhoused about what's needed for them, um, which of course is the best way to go about things. So I thought maybe we could start there and talk about how the the plan came into being. Sure, and um, yeah, and, and just as a broad overview, so we see where the community survey comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, we did a community survey with unhoused um, neighbors to understand what they would like to see in a compassionate alternative response and the team that they would like to see happening. And we also did a lot of background research into what other programs exist. And did our own research also with the city, uh, separate to that, um, with the Department of Emergency Management in particular, to understand how calls come in, how they could be diverted to a new response. So that's kind of like the broad strokes of the of the project. But the survey specifically, um, it is really interesting because we learned um, that one of the primary, of course, our unhoused populations have suffered a lot of police abuse, especially uh, related even to the contact that happens between the DPW uh, responding to encampments accompanied by police. And um, and they would obviously benefit and want an alternative response to policing. Um, so one of the first things that they would love to see is, you know, more resources so that they yes. can get out of a condition of home- homelessness. Right, right. Right. Um, but the other thing that very strongly came up is that they would also uh, informed us about who they would want to have on the team responding. And they do w- would ask that people who have actually experienced conditions of homelessness mm-hmm. be part of these teams. Yes. Mm-hmm. So those are uh, some of the things that, that we learned from the survey. Um, and they also helped shape the some of our core values around um, making sure that there was a, there was a compassionate uh, response that we um, made sure to in, engage towards providing resources in those contacts, um, and that it should be you know a free of charge, confidential, voluntary, mm-hmm. non-threatening, non-punitive, and life-affirming process for people uh, who are engaged. Um, and part of the question around having people who, and I'll go a little bit into the um, the specific services that we would like to see, but mm-hmm. they were also very interested in making sure that part of the process is around educating people who are actually calling the police. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So that's around the community survey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and making sure that they get the assistance that they need rather than enter another process of criminalization. Right, right. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, it's certainly frustrating. I like run out of the the words to use, but just how frustrating it is to see people uh, want to further criminalize folks who are unhoused. It's just so it's disgusting, is what it is. It is, and you know, it kind of um, it's a little bit of a segue into the research we did on dispatch, mm-hmm. um, because. We, we knew that what we needed to do is um, engage uh, from the point of, of public answering of 911 calls. We needed to catch calls that would be a good for the programming for a new alternative response. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much um, listeners may know about dispatch, but we learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. And um, and general calls are are separated out into what they call A, B, and C priorities. And Mm -hmm. what it really means is like it's a a grade of how urgent the response needs to be. Uh, The target time for an A priority response time has to be seven minutes. You know, for Mm -hmm. a B priority has to be 20 minutes. And for a C priority is an hour. So there's more flexibility. So based on also other programs that exist, we knew that um, we were actually looking initially at the C priority calls. And then we started looking at the data with the Department of Emergency Management, and 45% of the calls, C priority calls, come in on a range of issues that um, what they call 917 calls, which are a suspicious person, a 916 <sighs> suspicious vehicle, 601s, mm-hmm. which are trespassing. And you also have others, uh, the 919s, which are the SIP law ordinance. These are your uh, uh, your the bulk of your C priority calls, right? The 45% of these calls. Uh, and so when they did a sampling of like the 601s and 917 calls, they realized that they they are actually the like 50% to the two thirds of those calls are homelessness related. Mm. So when you talk about a 601 call trespassing, what it may actually mean, a C-priority call, is someone sleeping in a doorway. Mm. Or, or when you uh, have a, a call about a 917 suspicious person, it might just be a homeless person on the street. Yes. And so though that became really interesting to us because right now um, the city, I should say, has initiated a program also called the Street Crisis um, uh, response team or intervention team. Uh, it's called uh, Scree. Okay. And, and what it does is operates out of the um, it operates out of the um, fire department, but mm-hmm. it only responds to 800 calls, which are the mental health calls. Mm. So what we're suggesting that this new program do is that we should have our own hotline also, but also get 911 calls diverted both from the overflow. Yes. Street calls, but also this other number of calls that I've been mentioning, which we could really provide an alternative response rather than the police showing up in situations where they can't actually do anything. Right. Anything good. And oftentimes (laughs) make it worse. And oftentimes escalate, wrongly escalate, um, damage people's lives because they criminalize them further. They don't give them the support they need. They traumatize them. And as you know, and I've even heard officers say that they shouldn't be the ones responding to to homelessness related incidents. So there, I, I, I believe that there's a lot of space around these calls to create an alternative response. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And um, I don't know, you you tell me, Roman, uh, how you want to do this, but I can oh. go on and on, you know? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm happy to listen. There's so much to learn. So wherever you feel like you'd like to go next, we could talk about how you became involved with CART um, as a start. Sure. Well, as I, as I was introducing myself at the beginning, I have worked with the family of Luis Gongora Tad since he was killed in 2016. And Luis um, was a Mayan indigenous um, worker mm. who had fallen in, into a condition of homelessness after he was evicted from his house. And the circumstances are un, kind of un, unknown about mm. how that happened. Um, but from all that we know is that Luis was just sitting on the ground when um, police got involved because they said they somebody saw a knife on him. And it actually, it's a more complicated story, but just to give the context of how I got um, involved, but they arrived and he was just sitting on the ground and within 28 seconds, they fired beanbag weapons and, and firearm bullets and they killed him. Mm -hmm. So I got involved because we've been um, seeking with his family, with his brother Jose, his cousin Luis, um, for a very long time to create change. Mm -hmm. And so it was a natural fit for us to want to participate in the development of alternatives to policing around homelessness. And we joined up with the uh, Coalition on Homelessness, but there are also a broad variety of uh, partners, and you can find them all on our page. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Glide and um, the Community Housing Partnership, there's this uh, Lawyers uh, Com Committee for Civil Rights, uh, Code Tenderloin and many other organizations um, uh, that have participated in the development of this community plan. Mm -hmm. um, and right now, I should probably pitch that if anybody's interested, they should uh, look at the uh, at the cartsf.org website and find the email that you can write and say, I want to be part of the launching of this campaign um, to, have, uh, to, to have an alternative response to policing. But that's how I got involved, and then it was it was the process was very very engaging and engaged multiple people, multiple organizations. It was yes. it was an amazing process where you're like you collaborate and get things done. It was amazing. But um, I ended up on the dispatch uh, subcommittee, but there were mm -hmm. subcommittees for precisely the research uh, part that I can tell you a bit more about researching other programs that sure. were the people who did the community survey. And there's a communications team that set up the website and did and is actually leading uh, leading us in the in our campaigning right now to get city support to make CART happen. Mm -hmm. um, so just a few more details around the research piece uh, that's really interesting is that we learned that from looking at other programs that there are two kind of elements and it matches up with what our unhoused population was saying in their survey. Mm -hmm. which is that the service that CART should provide, similar to, and the primary model, if people haven't heard about it, is CAHOOTS, which has been operating in Portland for like thir for 30 years. Oh. Um, and there are uh, some other new efforts in Denver and, and here and there that um, also informed our project. Uh, but they do two things, and one is to provide a response to persons in crisis, mm -hmm. uh, and also provide community strengthening services. So the persons in crisis response is that the team that goes out there actually has first aid and non-emergency medical service training. They, they provide uh, substance addiction referrals and res resources. 
the uh, transportation uh, to hospitals and service providers is needed. They are skilled in de-escalation intervention and interpersonal conflict resolution and can provide street counseling and mental health uh, referrals. They also are trained in suicide prevention. Um, so, but being knowledgeable about the resources at hand and being able to refer people to those resources is a big part of, of the piece. And then the other part is um, community strengthening, which actually means having, uh, having a role in educating people who are calling the police mm -hmm. uh, on unhoused populations. And the idea is to create neighborhoods of compassionate responders. And, and the most important thing, as many people have already pointed out, having allowing them to have an option. Because if you don't have yes. an option, it all ends up going back to 911 and never, right. never leaves, no? Yeah. Um, and so as part of this, uh, you know, the, it's working with community, working with uh, unhoused populations, and also working with the city authorities who are getting this calls so that eventually we also identify uh, these group of calls of which we also plan to expand over time with mm -hmm. careful thought and, and analysis um, in terms of what we are learning continuously. Um, but it is an idea of like stop seeing them as policing calls, which you know police come from a, a mindset of criminalization, and mm -hmm. actually start seeing them um, as medical responses or health right. responses to a street situation. Already, the 800 number is mm -hmm. being assigned. Uh, sorry, 800 dispatch code is being assigned an alternative medical dispatch code called the 25, 25 Alpha Zero. So that right now, um, these calls that are being answered by uh, skirt, I, I think they call themselves a skirt and not skirt, <laughs> skirt um, that the city response team is actually getting both codes. And eventually the idea is that you only use a medical code. So we'll be, we're suggesting that we will be working with the Department of Emergency Management so that these C-priority calls right now that are you know, 601 trespasser, 917, uh, uh, a suspicious person are more adequately coded mm -hmm. um, to reflect the situation of a person under a severe situation of human rights violation already <laughs> who needs support. Yeah. <laughs> no? Um, so that's a little bit more of what I can tell you about the research bit. And I guess... Um, uh, a question that also comes up often is like, what what does it cost? What will this cost? And so right now, based on other programs, um, we are considering that this will be a six point eight million dollar project. Mm -hmm. um, and the city for this uh, project already has on reserve um, a two million dollar budget. Because it was discussed from the from the sorry, and I said I think I said the police commission had issued a resolution. It's the board of supervisors who had issued uh, a resolution calling for mm -hmm. an alternate response, and so they are holding this fund. And so now, what we would like to see happen, especially as we phase out police response and phase in part, is that we would want that that alternate response be funded from police. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, budgets, no, like take that budget from the police and give it to this new program. <laughs> Definitely, and there's plenty of it. There's plenty of it, and this is just really, literally a drop in the bucket. But well, yes. of course, we're not stopping there. What we are standing by is that we need less policing in general, 
and that mm -hmm. police budget should be cut significantly part of it to, to serve cart but also to serve other other valuable city programs right right mm -hmm. uh, and um, so, um yeah go ahead oh no please go ahead um I, I I guess in my I started thinking in my mind about um, I started thinking about um, uh, anyways sorry <laughs> when I got distracted <laughs> there's a, a hundred things I could tell you but let me know what what is interesting to you I mean all of it's interesting which I know doesn't really narrow it down too much <laughs> um, I guess we could we could talk about like the next steps then sure so we have done up a press conference and actually if people want a little bit more detailed information about these uh, all these areas of the community plan that I've talked about you can mm -hmm. find a link to our our press conference on the CART website um, but we are asking that if people are interested uh, in joining the CART effort that they write they contact us at CART C-A-R-T mm -hmm. at at the Coalition of Homeless SF, that's a cart at cohsf.org, um, and mention that you would like to join the, the campaign. Mm -hmm. um, and also for, uh, for other media, if they're interested, we'd be very happy to answer questions because right now we're, we're gonna, we need to, last year, as you all remember, there was a big call to defund SFPD. But part yes. of the problem was that there wasn't um, a project that was tangible, tangible enough for people mm. to say this. When you defund the SFPD and these areas of work that you would like to see um, attended by another group of people, skilled people, we it, it happened so fast that there wasn't this alternative. So now we have an alternative, and mm -hmm. we need to work within the budget cycles. So we are asking people to join this effort now. Yes. And then as individuals, um, please uh, talk to your supervisors and tell them how much you support this project. I know there's a police commission meeting tonight, like just hit them up and let them know that uh, there's a support to defund the SFPD and, and support projects uh, just like CART. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I have a question. What would be? What do you think are the biggest obstacles or things that folks can really focus their energy on to help get CART moving? You know, I would say that it is precisely the 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 budget cycle. Nothing happens without this budget being assigned to CART. Mm -hmm. um, but once that happens, I think there will even be a call out to to staff it appropriately and 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 track it appropriately we will we are suggesting in our report that we will also be um creating a, a working group ongoing working group with the department of emergency management and the existing uh skirt project uh and we'll be tracking this information and making it public so um i think the more we can inform people yes uh, but at this very moment the more you can engage in the with your supervisors and and um, the police commission around the need to uh, divert funding away from the police to alternative responses to policing, such as CART, that's mm -hmm. the main issue right now. Okay, mm -hmm. all right, yeah, making a note of that. <laughs> making a note. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. 
But I think it's, I mean, it's also just so helpful because I do believe that there are a lot of folks who would like to help but are just maybe unsure of how to do so. So having concrete examples of ways to go about doing that is, is very helpful. Right. And again, if you belong to an organization that would like to support this uh, project, we are we are gathering up right now um, mm -hmm. to make this a very successful um, first effort. And there are other efforts that are going to come along. Um, the the mayor has a working table that's also looking at other alternatives. So this is our community plan. This is what we would like to see happening, but it is aligned and it's with other projects um, oriented to uh, developing many and several alternatives to policing that support our black and brown and indigenous communities. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, are there other pieces of this you'd like to share or other um, topics? No, that's my main thing. I guess I could um, mention that there are other, uh, this is what I was going to say, there are other suggestions that we have in our report. Um, okay, yeah. Towards, uh, you know, we are asking the police police commission, um, you know, fire officers when they breach time and distance policies that escalate situations. And mm -hmm. we have other, um, uh, we would like to see the current response that the city has through the HSOC Center homelessness we would we are suggesting that they eliminate um hsoc because it all all it has created is a, is a police response alongside dpw to two encampments that has aggravated situations while diminishing the work of the outreach teams that do have for homelessness that could actually be very beneficial if they just dedicated to them, themselves to what they originally were supposed to do, which was to provide resources and refer referrals, no? So we are um, making suggestions along the way about how how the city can improve its own program, you know, its own uh, programming. Mm -hmm. May I ask a clarifying question? I heard uh, HSOC, is that, um, what is that exactly? So and that goes back to a little bit to, to, Dispatch, no? Okay. But so the city um, created a, a home, I think it's called the Homeless Center Operating Center. Um, okay. And uh, sorry, Homeless Services Operating Center. And what it ha happened is that before its creation, and um, you know, I don't know exactly the backstory, but it, it is related to the creation, to the, to the passing of the, a sit light ordinance, mm -hmm. um, which made it, uh, you know, an, an infraction to sit or lie on the street, mm -hmm. and so um, the the there became became a there started to be a flood of calls towards 901 around these 919 codes, which are the sit light ordinance, but also just a tag that was just 915 homeless people, you know, that kind of homeless people 915. <sighs> So with the HSOC Center, what happened is that they create they, they started diverting those calls towards um, the HSOC Center directly through the 311 Center. Mm -hmm. And then HSOC was supposed to provide the appropriate resources to respond to homelessness in the city. But what it has become is mostly a, a reaction to send out uh, clearing crews from DPW. 
and often, no, almost always accompanied by police. And so that has actually aggravated the conditions for people who are living on the street rather than create any improvement. And mm -hmm. it's just a shuffling of people from one street over to the next without providing real solutions. So uh, that's why we're also suggesting that uh, the HSOC be eliminated. Um, yeah, and this is all related to how the 311 has been used. Um, that we're also suggesting that from now on, all these 915, 919 calls just come to cart. Like, mm -hmm. just don't, we'll deal with it. Yes. <laughs> and if DPW yes. has to be called, call DPW, but do not with the presence of police, never with the presence of right. police. Yes. Yeah. So it is. It'll take a. It'll take a village. It'll take the village of yes. San Francisco to to a, to work on this. And this is why one of the most important aspects of the project is to have um, built community strengthening, mm -hmm. computer resilience around this, so that we understand what are more appropriate responses to homelessness. And it is certainly not criminalization of somebody who's suffering from severe human rights violations for lack yes. of housing and other. Basic necessities, no? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah. What? Uh, let me know if something else uh, caught your attention uh, around uh, around what I've mentioned. Um, but yeah, just uh, sometimes it's important to clarify we are talking right now about only a response to to situations in streets. Mm -hmm. Ex um, although there are some circumstances we could see responding to in in, in shelters. Um, mm -hmm. And while though we're only talking about C priority um, calls for the initial rollout, we are suggesting that we should sit down and look carefully at the content of some of these pre-priority calls, which which may turn out to be situations where bringing in a skilled de-escalator um, yes. that, is, that is not from the police department um, could benefit the community. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So that's something that I think we have gotten questions on before. Yeah. You you mentioned a few other organizations, like there's one in Portland you mentioned, uh, Cahoots, and I was curious about other, either other organizations that you're aware of, um, in addition to the ones you mentioned, and or if there have been anything similar that had been done in the Bay Area in the past that um, we could either learn from or connect with. You know, the definitely the more uh, the most important um, example is Cahoots. Mm -hmm. And we did have long conversations with them to understand what they had, would have, even what they would have changed starting out. And one of these things precisely was to create our own separate hotline that they have, but that they mm -hmm. really think that is important so that people truly have an alternative to calling 911. Yes. And also that they also in the intake process have a better idea of what the situation is and, and if it's a good situation to which they can respond. But yeah, cahoots with 30 years experience. But the the truth is that uh, Denver has uh, are rolling out uh, some programs. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but it's all everything's at a very initial stage. So mm -hmm. I would say that this would be a front running uh, effort. Yes. Um, not in terms of, of course, there has been efforts uh, born from the community, on, ongoing efforts mm -hmm. to. Um, 
not call the police. Yes. <laughs> uh, and and other community responses. Um, shout out to our friends, uh, our poverty scholars at Form mm -hmm. Magazine. <laughs> you know, um, a lot from them. Exactly. And so, but I would say that that in terms of actually engaging and deviating calls away from at the point of dispatch to mm -hmm. an alternative, th these are very new programs. Mm -hmm. Yes. Cool. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's, a, it's a lot there and um, it's very, it's feels good to have something to to hope for and to to work towards because I think it's easy to point out what's wrong and what isn't working and then it's so much more difficult to then take the action to create the type of world that we want to live in so it is it's inspiring to know that this is this is all happening yeah and I think our our hope is that well this or this effort focused around um, alternative responses to homelessness right mm -hmm. alternative to policing uh, homeless populations, but I ho we hope that once we see that their results can be tangible, there can be other um, efforts that are similar in terms of how else respond to situations of, um, you know, suffering or or even conflict in the community where mm -hmm. we don't have to call the police. And yes. again, there have been many community efforts, but it's a time where you need to really stop the presence of police. You do need to engage the city. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything else you'd like to share? Either well, about I, CART or anything? Well, what I want to, I guess it's um, just the last thing is to really tell people that this was a very inspire, inspired and inspiring effort because sometimes you engage in big coalition efforts and feel like you don't get anywhere and this yes. was one place where people really we started working right away and we worked with um uh pretty quickly and 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 also with a lot of enthusiasm mm -hmm. uh very little friction and i think it's because we've all been waiting for this to happen so yeah. it can yeah. so it can happen this these efforts um, are here to stay. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's uh, one more question, I guess, would be um, any words for folks, perhaps in other cities, who would like to start uh, a coalition of their own or work to create this in their in their own town or city. You know, our research team did so much work that <laughs> isn't even reflected in our report that I think they would be so happy to get a call. <laughs> Sure, I'm happy you know, to have the top. And say, you know, uh, hey, what else did you learn? What, what, what can you share with us? Like, yeah. like, what didn't make it into the report that you found really interesting? Because yeah. they, even looked, uh, they even looked at examples in Europe, you know, that mm -hmm. um, of how how else things are managed there, um, where you never involve the police in many of these in these countries and in, in these situations, no. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I I think if other if there are other cities other groups that would like to learn more, uh, I know that there is an intention precisely to put up more information on our website than may be on on the report, mm -hmm. so that they can find uh, just what they're looking for. And I'm sure just like we got help from um, Cahoots and from other uh, other programs, we will be very happy to give it back. Ah, excellent. Cool. <laughs> well, thank you so much.
And thank you, Roman. Thank you for taking interest, and especially at this really key moment where we yeah. really need to launch everybody. We need everybody yeah. to <laughs> to propel this project right into in, into the the public sphere. And yes. It, it gain broad support. Okay. All right. Well, thanks again so much. Thank you. Okay. So a big thanks again to uh, Adriana and all the folks at CART. And just going to play a quick uh, clarification about HSAC. Stands for the Healthy Streets Operation. Well, HSOC, HSOC stands for the Healthy Streets Operations Center and initiate operations um, and the public was oriented to use 311 on emergency to reach HSOC uh, after January 2018. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Sorry, sometimes the. All right. So, that's, uh, clarification there. And again, we'll be posting uh, more information about CART on our website at weeklyrev.org. Okay. I'm going to take a bit of a music break here for a bit. And. We'll be back with some more news items and action items that folks can take. So continue listening to uh, Hylian songs by from uh, Calliope Wong. And the song is called Paper Prince A. <laughs>
Hey, and welcome back to the Weekly Review. We'll post a link to this Bandcamp page with all this music that you can uh, purchase. And also, 50% uh, of the proceeds go to the Ali Forney Center uh, for Homeless LGBT Youth and uh, Trans Lifeline, which is an emergency hotline staffed by and for trans people. Hmm. Okay. Um, Next up, I wanted to provide some action items. There's a lot of terrible things that are happening in this world, uh, putting it bluntly, I guess. Uh, just the, the rise of fascism and the increase in violence against marginalized communities. And I wanted to share um, resources and ways that folks can help. So this is a thread from Brown uh, Suga is the name, and it's at BR0. W-N-S-G-A is the Twitter handle. So again, at B-R-O-B-R-0-W-N-S-G-A. And you can also, I've shared this on Twitter as well. I'm at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R. -E and this person writes, all of the anti-Asian violence in the Bay is heartbreaking and disgusting. I wanted to gather some resources and info as to ways to help those communities. And this is a thread, which is uh, by no means complete. However, it's, there's a lot of great information here that folks can help out with. Um, regardless of where you live and also what your means are. So first is a EDA use GoFundMe used to redistribute funds amongst orgs that support Asian communities and their safety. And um, it's a GoFundMe. And again, I'll provide a link to all of these on uh, our website, weeklyrep.org. You can also sign up to accompany Asian elders while they run errands and donate supplies or community outreach. And there's a Google form, a, doc a Google Docs form, and it's called Compassion in Oakland. Volunteer sign up and credit to Jaqueen Bake, which is J A K E E N B A K E via Instagram. And so, if you are in the Bay Area and are you able to help out, and also this, even though this this list is focused on the Bay Area, I would imagine that folks, if you live in a different part of the country, one can also start something in your neighborhood or city uh, similar to this as well. You can also. Uh, Recommended consider donating to the Asian Pacific Environmental Network, which is donate.apen4ej.org, um, or and or the Oakland Vietnamese Community Center. And you can find them at oaklandvnchamber.com. And the next message and thread got a lot of this info from at edacyu and uh, Jacqueline Bake. Um, so then this person says, I'm still on the hunt for more resources, all credit to them, just trying to raise more awareness of how to help. Thread will be continued. There's also a GoFundMe for the family of the Thai man who was killed, 84-year-old uh, was killed in San Francisco, and this was organized by Eric Lawson. There's a GoFundMe, and uh, uh, this person's name was uh, Visha Ratanapakti, who um, died on January 30th. And there's also a petition uh, to get mainstream news coverage of the National Elderly Asian American Assaults. And there's also GoFundMe for the rebuild of the Vietnamese American Community Center of the East Bay. It's a GoFundMe as organized by Joanne Garcia. So we'll be uh, sharing this as well. And yes, so this is, um, yes, we'll be sharing this already. You can also just find it on Twitter. Again, it was shared by at BR0WNSGA. Okay. Um, also, in Bay Area news, uh, there's the West Side Tenants Association in San Francisco. You can follow them on Twitter at WSTASF. And 
they uh, posted recently. Uh, the sheriff's office is beginning to evict residents in San Francisco. We, the West Side Tenants Association, are organizing to support and defend each other against eviction. WSTA will mobilize participants of the Emergency Response Network, where we will prevent landlords and police from violently removing tenants from their homes. Neighbors will be trained on how to take action safely as we defend our homes amidst the pandemic. You can bring one to two friends or neighbors in the fight to protect our homes. Join here. And they provide a link at Google Doc, um, SF Eviction Defense Emergency Response Network. So um, whether or not you can show up or share on social media, uh, volunteer. I think there's a few other options as well. I'm going to click on this again just to share other options. So you can be willing to share about social media. You can be willing to call your supervisor or sheriff's office. Uh, if public pressure is needed, you can call or text two to three neighbors when the sheriff comes. You can bring food if there's neighborhoods who are defending their home. Show up in person, witness the sheriff carry out an eviction, and help document what training is recommended. Uh, you can be willing to sign up for a two to three hour shift to defend the neighbor. Uh, potential risk of arrest uh, training is required. Uh, you can also be willing to sign up for two to three hour shifts to defend your neighbor, um, but not risk arrest training also recommended, and or something else. Um, also, if you're able to communicate in other languages. Uh, so, and then they also have trainings. So, um, this is the only way to move ahead. I mean, another way is to kill landlords. However, uh, let's just say that this is another way. Um, and also, just, I mean, even pre-pandemic, uh, the idea of removing people from their homes is just fucking grotesque. So... I appreciate all the organizers here getting folks together. And again, uh, a, f a good reminder is that no matter where you are and what your abilities are, uh, there are ways that one that can show up and help each other. And we'll be posting this link again on weeklyrev.org when we post the today's episode page with all of those links. So wanting to share that. Whew. Okay. Um, also... I am going to share an upcoming event that's happening, I believe, tonight. And that's from the CIS Public Programs. They have a lot of great public programs. And this is Adrienne Marie Brown on Pleasure Activism, February 12th. That's today. Prevailing ideas around social justice activism tend to focus on doing the work, putting in long hours, and facing challenges head on. Activism is rarely associated with personal joy and pleasure, but there can be a deep connection between activism and pleasure. Oh, it's a question. Excuse me. But can there be a deep connection between activism and pleasure? How do we make social justice the most pleasurable human experience? How can we awaken within ourselves desires to make it impossible to settle for anything less than a fulfilling life? Author, black feminist, and social justice activist Adrienne Marie Brown has been talking, writing, and celebrating the intersection of pleasure and activism since her much-lauded 2019 book, Pleasure Activism, The Politics of Feeling Good. Pleasure Activism is a politics of healing and happiness that explodes the dour myth that changing the world is just another form of work. Drawing on the black feminist tradition, she challenges us to rethink the ground rules of activism. Through connecting with our inner desires and needs, physical, mental, emotional, we can become better organizers, activists, and social justice workers. Join Sonia Shaw, CIIS professor and restorative justice expert, and Adrian uh, for a powerful and joyful conversation exploring how to tap into the full spectrum of our sensual desires and emotional needs while organizing for justice. Whether you're a seasoned activist or new to supporting social justice movements, Adrian invites you to embrace the idea that activism can feel good. And they have a, a link where you can register. 
I'm clicking on that right now. I'll also share this on our webpage. And again, this is from the California Institute of Integral Studies. And they have a lot of public programs that are awesome. And they used to be in person and now they're online, which is the, the benefit is that one can access that anywhere as long as you have internet. So it's starting at 6 p.m. Pacific time tonight. Uh, it's $25 suggested donation. And I, I don't believe that uh, anyone's turned away. So again, that's happening tonight at 6 p.m. And I do believe they also tend to save these talks afterwards. So hopefully, uh, if you are listening to this in the future, um, you can uh, check it out again, or check it out when it happens, because it hasn't happened yet in this dimension anyway. Okay, so I'm going to take another bit of a music break, uh, get some more stories for you. Thanks again so much for tuning in. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. There are shows here every day of the week, and if you're interested in doing a show here of your own, please do it. We need more voices out there. Go to mutinyradio.fm, get in contact with Pam about training, and you can have a show here of your own. Get two hours a week to do whatever you want, which is pretty fucking rad, and uh, support small businesses, art, local business art. Have your have your voice out there, and uh, it's it's important that everyone has a chance to tell their stories. Okay, here's some more music, and we will be back in a bit. So please do stay tuned. Thank you. 